Well, welcome. It's good to have everybody back today. Uh, school is back in session. And unfortunately, <laughs> not for you. Oh, come on. Okay, let's try to see what that said. So, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. We're in the middle of our mixtape series. So, girls, did you bring the mixtape? Yeah, we brought all the tape. <laughs> That was a dad joke for everyone. <laughs> so we have our mixtape up here. It's a lot of it. It's all ready. Okay. So what, here's, here's the thing that we're going to talk about today. Uh, one of the things that, that has been a, a big part of my life from really high school until now is a desire to reach the next generation and a desire to engage with the next generation. And I remember specifically uh, in high school when I started feeling the stirring just to be involved in ministry and, and do the work of ministry, uh, I was like, you're always going to reach back to the next generation. And at that time in my life, it was kids. And then I got older and it became teenagers, but, but I've always been looking back to that next generation and, and going, how can I serve? How can I love? How can I engage with them? Uh, and ultimately, one of, the, one of the greatest opportunities that we have is to link arms across generations to show that Jesus is in pursuit of all ages. Um, if we choose to walk in two-way relationships of humility and empathy for those that are younger or older than us, we will be able to encourage and empower them to change the world. Through relationships full of listening conversations and accountability, we can be present and make a difference in those that do not share the same age as us. Now, we may be tempted to allow pride to keep us from pursuing those relationships and we may decide it takes too much effort to challenge harmful stereotypes. But if we choose this route, we miss out on the powerful family that Jesus came to serve. We will choose to start by having listening conversations, engaging in activities with those that are not our age, and holding each other accountable to the things that God has called us to. And so this morning, I invited two people in my life that are not the same age as me. So <laughs> we're really close in age, though. It's really close. So this is my oldest daughter, Lindsay. Hi. You can say hi. Oh, you said hi? Oh, okay. So <laughs> she is a senior. She is a senior in high school at New Ames this year. So I need to be done. <laughs> But she already knows that she can't move out till she's 40 and she can't get married until she's 50. So we're, we're on the same wavelength there and we're good to go. 100%. <laughs> and this is my youngest daughter, Lacey. Uh, she is entering into high school as a ninth grade freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited about that? And so we just have a lot of fun in life together. And, and one of the things that I've learned over the years is that if, if I'm going to, to step into the next generation, it starts here. Um, it, it starts with my own family. It starts with my own daughters. 
And if I can't practice it with them, then I really shouldn't be practicing it with anybody else. And so I've learned a lot over 17 years of engaging with the next generation inside the four walls of my own home. And some of that's been good, some of it hasn't been. And it's always a learning process. But we've made some great memories over the years. We've made some great mistakes over the years. Uh, but just to kind of kick it off, why don't we share a couple stories? So, Lindsay, we had just moved to Utah now almost four years ago. And you were 13. 13. You were just, were you in high school? No, you weren't in high school yet. You were going into high school. So um, something happened. Why don't you share a little bit about that story? So I, well, we, so I pretty much grew up in Arizona. I lived there for 10 years of my life. And so that's all that I knew because I was three when we moved there. I don't remember anything before that. Um, and moving here was like a jolt for me. I was kind of confused and lost. And I was like, why, are, why, why did you, why do we have to go away from all that I know? And so it was like, almost 12 o'clock one night and I was just in my bed crying because I was like hurt that Jesus had to bring us here. I was confused and I missed the community that I had in Arizona and so he was at the gym and then he came home. I don't know why he was at the gym that late. Don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, Morning, evening, it's always time <laughs> for the gym. And um, he had come home and I was like, and he came up to my room to see if I was awake to tell me goodnight and I was just in my bed crying and he was like, what's the matter? And I was like, I, I miss, I miss home. This doesn't feel like home. This, this doesn't feel right. And he was like, okay, let me see where we can go get French fries. Um, and so he found Jake's over the top, which I is really sad because it's gone now. And I'm really, that's because that place was a very meaningful place for me and now it's gone, but it's okay. <laughs> They're turning it into a car wash, which is kind of sad, but it's okay. Um, and so they were open really late, and so he was like, okay, let's get jump in the truck, and we'll go get some french fries. And I learned what fry sauce was that night. Um, they were like, do you want fry sauce? I was like, what's fry sauce? They were like, fry sauce? I was like, that, what is it? And they were like, fry sauce. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, I tried it. I was impressed, and I will never go back. Um, <laughs> and so... I, that moment of him choosing 12 o'clock at night to get in the truck and go take me to get fries, and we sat in the Weber State parking lot, which little did I know that's where I was going to go to high school. Um, we sat there, and we just talked about how I was feeling, um, what I was missing, the hurt that I was going through, and in that moment, I felt very loved, and I felt like he was actively pursuing me in a relationship and was choosing to put me first in that moment, and yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to cry, it's fine. <laughs> um, and it, it, it would, you know, we joke a lot, there, there's a movie called Inside Out. Is, is that? The, the one with the emotions? Yeah. yeah. Is that core memories, or is that a different yeah, movie? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Make sure I get my movies right. That but, was a core memory. But, but it talks about core memories, and so we joke a lot about that that was a core memory for you, of just a moment where where we chose to go, hey, I'm going to, I wanted to go to sleep. I don't stay up late. Um, but, but choosing to be engaged in that relationship and a listening conversation in that moment. So now that we got the, the feel-good story, everybody's like, oh, this is, this is good. Such a great dad. Such a great dad. He is. So Lacey. <laughs> 
So we've got a fun story we want to share. This is a core memory for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so and this was recent. Like yeah, It was um, like the very beginning of summer. So it yeah, started off summer you, greatly. Yeah, it started off summer on a great note. So, Lacey, you were, you and Lindsay were at home alone, right? Okay, you want to tell me what you guys were doing? Well, so I was bored in the house, and I wanted to go somewhere, and Lindsay did not, and then so we got into a fight because <laughs> I was mad at her, and then I sat in my room for like five minutes, and I was like, I want to go to Maverick and get some cookie dough bites and some vinegar chips. So I walked to Maverick, and I didn't tell wait, anybody. Wait, 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 hold on. Were we home? Oh, no, you were not home. Oh, okay, we weren't home, and you wanted to go to Maverick. Yes, and okay. I didn't tell anybody when I left. You didn't tell anybody. So I, okay. like, shut the door really hard so it would, like, shut, but I guess it opened, and then she thought I was, I thought like, she had gotten kidnapped, kidnapped or something. Because she didn't tell me where she went, and the door was left <laughs> wide open. And I was, like, really confused. I checked everywhere. I checked the sheds. I checked the showers. I was like, where is Lacey? And then, uh, so I got what I wanted, and then I started walking back. You made it to Maverick. You walked to Maverick, right? Yes, I okay. did. How um, far? It was like, I don't know, mile, mile or two? It's the one over there in South Weber. If you the know Maverick, where Highmark we live in is, that neighborhood. It's like our house, Highmark, then Maverick. So I walked that way. And then... Oh, oh, and while you were walking to Maverick, I was on the phone with this girl. Yeah. Crying. Like, where crying. is your sister? Yeah. Okay. And then she, I guess, got in the car and started, like, she drove to come find me. And I was walking back with a smile on my face because I got the food I wanted. <laughs> and then um, he was on the phone with her, and he was on, like, speaker. And he was like, Lacey, get in the car right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was intense. It was very intense. The smirk that she had when I pulled up and saw her and she smirked at me, I was like, uh-uh, you did not, you did <laughs> I, not just do that. It was like, I was just happy I got what I wanted. <laughs> she just wanted cookie dough bites and some solid vinegar chips. Yes. So then, then, I met, so then where, what did I make you guys do? Uh, drive, oh, we drove to the church because she was working there. And then um, he came out. And you can explain that part. So I came out. I may have not been my jolly, normal self, right? It was very harsh. I maybe used a choice word or two. <laughs> I would never do that. Uh, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, just got to be honest here. Okay, go ahead. And then he used a word. And then um, he took my phone away. He was like, give me your phone. So then I gave him my phone. And then I sat in his office for like three hours without my food because she had my snacks I got in her car. And I was so mad because I just wanted to eat it because it was my lunch. But I didn't have my lunch. So no bites and salt vinegar chips. Quite the nutritious lunch. Yeah. So, so, so we had a so, – so the moral of the story is that day was, was not a shining moment for either one of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, because it started off great, and then it like escalated. Real it just quickly. it just tanked. Um, but but what's interesting about it is we had a few days after that of. I did not talk to him. Yeah, I kind of got the silent treatment for a few <laughs> days, and then there was that moment where we we sat down and we talked through it, and there was there had to be a lot of humility brought to that. 
Uh, for me, I had to own the, the, the things that I said, the things that I did that were wrong. Lacey had to own the things that she did that was wrong. <laughs> Even though it was a little worth it because I got the snacks. <laughs> I don't know if it was. Uh, but, but there was this moment, and, and this is what I've learned about... Oh, oh, wait, no, so th- this was the funny thing. I get home that night, and in the fridge is a little thing of half-eaten cookie dough bites, and I'm, I asked Shannon, I'm like, because I didn't know that was the reason she went to Maverick. I'm like, what, what are these from? She's like, oh, that's when Lacey went to Maverick. I'm like... And you let her... <laughs> <laughs> so that, what, what, one of the things that I've learned about working with the next generation, it's never going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. I'm going to make mistakes. They're going to make, make mistakes, but if we choose to live in silos and go, I don't want the mess, I don't want the hard, I don't want to have to have humility when I need to have humility, I don't want to have to, to, to go the extra mile to, to make the relationship work, it won't work. But if I will choose those things, if both sides will come to the table and, and own what they need to own in, in that it can be messy, but it can be beautiful. Uh, and so it's interesting because I, I think a lot of times that, that we think as adults that, oh, this, is, this, this generation is the worst. You know, the, the, this next generation, they've got it all wrong. Uh, but let's go back to 4 BC. This is what Aristotle said. Young people. They think they know everything and are always quite sure about it. (laughs) Right, that was before Christ, right? (laughs) Uh, And then let's go to my generation. The Washington Post in 1993 said this, What really distinguishes this generation from those before it is that it's the first generation in American history to live so well and complain so bitterly about it. <laughs> and, and I could just go on quotes from every generation. Um, this isn't just a 2023 thing. This is, there's been a divide between generations from the very beginning of time. And, and, and there's always this, this issue between generations that has to be worked out. Um, Lindsay, why is it not working? I think, as you said, we have to humble ourselves. So I think pride gets in the way of it because we think that we know it all. Either it's the younger generation or the older generation. We think we know better than the other one. And also stubbornness, because we don't want to get in the mess. We're like, no, we're just going to stick with how I'm living life. It's fine. Um, But as you said, Jesus calls us to be in relationship with everyone. Lacey, what do you think? Everyone is misunderstood misunderstood on both sides? Yes. Do you feel misunderstood sometimes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you felt misunderstood about the, the cookie dough bites. Mm-hmm. You just were hungry. Mm-hmm. There was perfectly good food in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the main reason I walked. We'll, we'll have I another message on sisterly dough. love. That's another Sunday. <laughs> Lindsay, what's another reason it's not working? 
we have different motives as generations because we've gone through different things. We have different reasons that we do things and they don't match sometimes and that frustrates us. Like we frustrate each other sometimes. We distru distrust each other because like, um, kind of like how the older generation like wants it to all be the one way and then they don't trust us when we want to do something different because they think we'll get it wrong or do it wrong. And, and, and I would say like that the whole mistrust is sometimes a two-way street mm -hmm. and we choose not to trust each other and then we'll never make progress. And so, so we look at those and we go, man, that's a, that's a lot of hard stuff to unravel. And it is. There's a lot of difficult things to unravel. But there's an amazing relationship in the Bible and of, of two guys that were in different generations. Um, and we probably have heard this story before, and, and some of you are familiar with this, but Paul and Timothy uh, in, in the New Testament had a relationship that stood the test of time of two different generations. Paul was an apostle that was leading the charge among the churches and, and was really kind of setting the stage for what we now kind of know as, as Christianity when it comes to the church. And, and he was developing leaders and he was um, mentoring churches. And then Timothy was just a teenager. He was just a, a young guy that Paul chose to go, hey, I want to pour my life into this young man. I, I want to mentor him because here's what Paul realized. Paul realized that one day he was going to be dead. Paul realized that one day he was no longer going to be able to do the things that he was doing. And if he did not choose to reach back to the previous generation, there would be no one to take up the mantle. There would be no one to lead like Paul was leading. And Timothy realized that God had, had given him something special and, and that somebody was willing to pour into him and he was willing to lean into that relationship and learn. So, Lindsay, you, you did a message on this one time, uh, specifically first message, first message you ever wrote. Um, first Timothy 4. 12, I you were, think. You were 12. I was 12. Okay. Well, tell us about it. Um, I So, at my youth group in Arizona, I, they, I was a servant leader there and they had asked if I wanted to write a message to see kind of like how it felt and whatever. And so they gave me a Bible verse, which was 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16. And it really resonates with me because I definitely like feel like I relate to the message in the way of I don't feel qualified a lot of the time because of my age. So I'll read 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers, and teaching them. Do not neglect the scriptures. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to those... <laughs> Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch 
on how you live and on your teaching, stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. <laughs> I don't know what's, what's doing that. Anyways, um, I have all, I mean, I feel that all young people definitely feel unqualified at a lot of times, but in this message, Paul is telling Timothy that Jesus has created you with a purpose and he gives you the gifts you need to move forward in what he's calling you to do. And just because you're younger than someone else doesn't mean that you can't do what he's calling you to do. They're cutting me off. They're like, just let the girls talk. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, and this hit me this morning about this particular scripture. I've heard this scripture a lot throughout my time in church. But one of the things that, that struck me is I've always heard it spoken to the next generation. But I've got, to play, I've got a part to play in this. And it's easy for me to read this and go, yeah, yeah, you should do all of those things. But I've got a part to play in, a, in enabling and allowing and empowering the next generation to do those things. We're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a moment. But that was, that was 1 Timothy 4. There's, a, there's another scripture in 2 Timothy 2 a little bit later. Um, where Paul's talking to Timothy again. So you want to you share that one, Lacey? Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard the, te the teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others endure suffering along with them as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And again, it's, it's Paul kind of coming in and saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. And like teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them along to others. It's this Paul realizing I'm teaching you and you're going to teach and they're going to teach and they're going to teach that this isn't a one-time thing that we do. We create an atmosphere. We create a culture of passing on to the next generation. We create a culture of one generation, the younger generation, giving back to the older generation and, and saying, we'll do this with you. We will endure suffering alongside each other. We will be good soldiers together in this. Um, Ultimately, unity between generations makes Jesus go viral. Okay, we got to talk about this for a moment. Uh, we try to use a little cross-generational language here. So, <laughs> um, we originally had unity, wait, well, we had lots of things. But at one point, we were like, unity between generations glorifies Jesus. And we're like, let's, let's break it down a little bit. Let's talk next generation. And we said, it makes Jesus go viral. And Lacey went, like, TikTok viral? <laughs> <laughs> because here's the truth of the matter. When Paul's and Timothy's choose to walk out the things that, that Paul and Timothy are showing in Scripture, 
Jesus gets put center stage. Jesus and the church looks attractive because we are showing something that is so not so uh, anti-cultural, so against the grain of culture that has been taught that young people go shut up and do what you're told and let old people do what they do. To say, no, Jesus taught a different way. Jesus showed a different way of doing things. And what does that mean for people like me? What does that mean for people older than me? What does it look like for, for the people that are looking back at previous generations? I think there's some things that, that Paul said here in the scripture. And one of those is, don't look down on those that are younger than you. It's so easy to think, I've got more education. I've got more life experience. I've done more. I know more. I really wish that you were smarter. I really wish that, that you could stop making the mistakes that you make. I, I really wish that you could do things the way I want you to do them. It can be really easy to, to look down on the, on the generations before us because they're not conforming to the way we live life because we have the years of experience that have taught us things that they don't know yet, that they haven't experienced yet. And, and so it can be very easy to expect someone to live a certain way when they don't have the, the history and the understanding and the teaching and the life experience to inform that way of life. And, and so Paul said, we shouldn't look down. I think the second thing that Paul exemplified was that we teach through our successes and failures. It's really easy for me to tell Lindsay, this is where I succeeded. These are the things I did really well. It would be really easy for me to go, Lindsay, the story about Jake's over the top. I'm a great dad. Hopefully you can do that with your children. I want you to, to, to do that. It's a lot harder for me to go, Lacey, I made a failure that day. I said some things I shouldn't have said. I reacted in some ways I shouldn't have reacted. Can you learn from that? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I can learn from that. Because it's a lot harder for me to admit when I'm wrong. Um, because I'm supposed to be right. I'm supposed to have the education, the life experience, all of the things to make me do it the right way. But God is calling us to live in a way that says, I am going to teach you through both my successes and my failures. Um, Paul didn't get it right all of the time. But he mentored Timothy in both his successes and his failures. I think the third thing that, that we were able to pick out of this scripture and, and, and just this kind of interchange with Paul and Timothy that, that the older generation should be doing is that we should invite them to do it with us. Paul was constantly inviting Timothy. He was making an invitation to go, hey, come alongside me. Come be a soldier with me. Come endure suffering with me. It wasn't just... Hey, come do all the fun stuff with me. It was, come do the fun stuff, 
and come do the hard stuff. But let's do it together. And, and we've got to invite the next generation into that experience with us. And here's the thing. We often don't because we think they're going to get it wrong. We think they're going to slow us down. We think they're going to make mistakes. We think it's going to take more effort because I'm going to have to teach them. I'm going to have to coach them. I'm going to all these things. And so then we try to do it ourselves. And the richness, I, I think about even this message, so some of the conversations we had, that they would say things that, like, man, didn't think of it that way. I, I, that enriched my understanding of this Paul and Timothy relationship because I was only seeing it through my eyes. So we invite them to do it with you. So Lindsay and Lacey, that's what I'm supposed to do. But for the next generation, what is it that you guys took out of this scripture that you should be doing? I've already kind of touched on it a little bit, but not neglecting the spiritual gifts that Jesus has given you. I, at summer camp, I, we had a night where they put, um, it was like a healing night, and everyone that had something going on, they had them come up to the front, and I saw, I saw Sydney, actually, <laughs> and I saw her up there, and I was like, I'm not qualified to pray for someone older than me. That's not how this works. Um, and so I stood there, and I was like, and Jesus was like, Lindsay, do it. And I was like, no, no. And he was like, do it. And I was like, no. And so then I finally went up and did it. And Sydney was like, she looked at me. She was like, I had a feeling that you were going to come up and pray for me. I feel like Jesus was telling me. And I was like, okay, God, fine. <laughs> um, and so I, I prayed for her, and I, it was... A moment of like Jesus being like you I've given you things to use and to reach out to other people not just people younger than you but people older than you people your age and I want you to use those gifts for um, my kingdom and yeah let's go and I even think about a story with Lacey we were you want me to tell the story so I'm gonna tell it we were driving in the car, and Lindsay's was headache, head, head hurting, something well, was. I, I don't know what it was. I was in a lot of pain, and if I, like, moved at all, I would, like, dizzy and spinning. So I don't know what it was, but it was, it might have been vertigo, but it was something. It was not that. So then well, I. Well, Mom just said, Lacey, why don't you pray for her? Then I prayed. Oh. Oh. So I don't know. I prayed for her head, and then her head was fine. <laughs> um, but Lacey, what, what is your generation supposed to be doing? To show that you're growing. For like an example with me, like this past eighth grade year, it was just not a good year. I know. But I grew. <laughs> and now like I never had like open, honest conversations with my parents. And like I always would just not tell them like anything because I just didn't want to. And then they, um, about like being wise with your friends and how like listening when your parents tell you like those are not good people because you should listen to them because they were in your situation when you were, when they were younger. So it's kind of like 
they already know who's wise and like who's a good friend and who's not a good friend because they were in the exact same spot as you. So it's kind of like you should just, yeah. You, you have to lean into that growth yes. and, and be responsible for your growth. Lindsay, one more. Stay true to Jesus. That's mic drop. Um, <laughs> I'm, it's like Jesus is going to be the answer always. And so staying true to Jesus will, you can show that you're going if you stay true to Jesus. You can use the gifts that he's given you. So yeah, stay true to Jesus. I'm not going to drop the mic because it would break, but. You can drop this one. Just rip it off and drop it. Um, but there's something so true in that. And, and what we saw Paul charging Timothy to do was, hey, there's going to be a lot of things in your life as you continue to grow that are going to try to steal your focus away from Jesus. Don't look away from him. Stay focused on him. Let him be central to everything that you do. Um, because if you keep hearing his voice, then you will keep leaning into the mentors and the people in your life that are urging you and, and pressing you forward. I had a, it's, it's interesting, I, had, I was having coffee with a friend earlier this week, and he said something that I was like, oh, yeah, that's really good. He goes, you know, Thinking about the next generation, it's kind of like investing in a 401k. You, you just dump a bunch of money into it, and one day, you'll get the return. <laughs> and, and, and that's really the truth of this matters. Sometimes we're not going to see it. It doesn't happen immediately. There are moments on both sides of the equation where I'm investing, and I'm not seeing the return, but then there's like, Oh, oh, look at that right there. That's good. And then if you're on your end of the equation, it's frustrating. Life is hard. You're being told all these things that you're like, why do we have to do it this way? But you keep pressing in, and then that moment happens where you go, oh, I get it. But we've got to set pride aside. Paul and Timothy both set their pride aside. We can't be stubborn about it. We, when we feel misunderstood, we have to speak up. And, and Lacey, I think this goes back to what you were talking about earlier, showing that you're growing. There's been times where I think you felt misunderstood and you didn't speak up. You didn't say, I feel misunderstood. But as you've chosen to embrace that and speak up in the times when you feel misunderstood, it creates a two-way conversation that we're... Even if the initial is like, well, you just need to understand. It, it creates a two-way conversation that starts to work that out. We have to look past the actions and see the motives. What is motivating both sides of the equation? And we have to learn to trust. Paul and Timothy chose to trust each other. There's moments where Paul had to trust Timothy I've taught you, I've told you, I've shared with you, I've walked beside you, now go do it. And I'm going to trust. And there, Timothy had to go, Paul, I don't understand. You say to do it this way. You say you've learned it this way. I'm just going to trust. And so we've got a couple challenges for you guys. 
This week, hopefully, or in the next couple weeks, we want to challenge you with a couple things from this message. Um, the first is to have a listening conversation with someone in a different generation than you. And Lindsay, we've got three questions. If you're like, I don't even know how to start that conversation. Like, I haven't talked to anybody outside my age group in forever. Because let's be honest, I still have kids at home, and, and I can still sort of speak the language and, and pick those things up. But I'm actually scared for when they move out, because I'm going to be like, what am I going to do then? I'm going to go find some more people. Um, I won't know what the next trendy word is. Yeah. So, Lindsay, what are three questions that you could ask? What do you crave in relationships? Because I think understanding what the person wants in a relationship on both sides of the story is really important because that you can pour out into that need that they have. Um, what motivates you to follow Jesus? I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something and then it just, woo. Um, <laughs> but I think this one's really important because it, it because each generation has different motivations. We've gone through different things and there's different needs and things that get us up in the morning or things like that. And learning what motivates us to follow Jesus can help bet us better walk in relationship with other people because we can see what they're doing, why they're doing it. And lastly, what qualities in someone show you that they're actively pursuing a relationship? This kind of goes back to the what do you crave in relationships, but it shows what you need to be doing to show the person that you want to be in relationship with them and that, they're, that you're actively pursuing them. And yeah. And I didn't come up with any of those questions, by the way. Just saying. Um, and then the second thing we would encourage you to do is do something with someone in a different generation. So have a listening conversation with someone and then do something. Lacey, what are a couple tips you have on that? Uh, find out what interests them and show them something that interests you. So here's the thing. What interests her and her sometimes doesn't interest me. Like I do dance. <laughs> but sometimes I participate. Yes, because he knows that it'll feel fun to play. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come on up as, as we get ready to close. But I think the biggest encouragement here is to remember the unity between these generations that makes Jesus go viral is difficult. It's hard. This is a messy road. Paul and Timothy are a great blueprint. But it's never going to go just like Paul and Timothy. And whether you're Lindsay's age, Lacey's age, my age, or older than me, who are we looking up to? to mentor us, to speak into our life, to share life experience with us? And who are we looking behind to share those things with? Because here's the truth of the matter. I've always got to be doing both. 
I've got to be looking to someone older than me. And I've got to be reaching out to someone younger than me. Because this world we live in is tumultuous. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of stereotypes. And there's a lot of things against us. But if we silo, we'll hit a dead end. But if we'll choose to reach across the generations, oh, we can double mic it. God does something really incredible in that. So why don't you stand with us this morning? And if our prayer teams could, to, could come forward and just be available here at the front, we're going to close out just a time of worship. But I'm going to ask that if you're here, maybe you have someone here in a different generation with you, and today you're like, let's go pray together. Let's, let's just go have somebody pray with us. I'd love to have you come up here and, and have one of our, our friends pray with you. Or maybe you're here this morning, and, and you've just found it difficult either connect with the generation above you or to connect with the generation below you and you just, you want to be honest and admit that this morning. You just want somebody to stand in prayer with you. We've got some great people up here to pray. So I'm going to have Lindsay just close us out in prayer as we go into this last song of worship. opportunity we get to reach out and be in unity with others because life without community is really hard and it's not fun and I pray that you will continue to put that desire in our hearts and I pray that we can feel open and feel alive to reach out to the next generation or to find someone older than us that can help mentor us in life and help us walk um, life with someone because we aren't meant to do it alone. I pray for hope in those that feel lost because they have no one right now. I feel pray that you will put people in their lives to walk with them and I pray that you'll give them hope and I pray for those that don't really know how to reach out to those that Jesus is calling them to, I pray that you will give them the courage and the strength and the energy to reach out to those that you are calling them to. In Jesus' name, amen.
precious to you, Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's sing that again. The Lord bless you.
most worship songs. When we worship, we want to give our all that we have to the Lord and we want to give him glory because he's so good and he's so wonderful. And this song is a blessing. This is a song that we get to sing over the people we love. This is a song that as a worship leader, I get to sing over you. I get to sing a blessing over you that the Lord would be with you that you would know that he is for you. And so we're going to go back into that bridge and go ahead and if they're not with you, picture that person in your mind that you want to sing this over. If they are, wrap your arm around them. But sing this to them, for them. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you if you have received him. He hears the words that you say, the, sing, the things that you sing. This is powerful, powerful stuff. We're going to start with, may his favor be upon you. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, in your children, in their children. And the children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he's for you May his presence, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. put people in our lives to love on and to be loved on by. And I thank you that they're not always in our family, but they're the people that you bring into our lives so gently and so kindly. Lord, as we step out of this space, out of this room, as we leave from these people that we love, Help us to reach out, to practice this unity that you speak of, to love one another as you have loved us, and to choose you every single time it gets hard. 
Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I thank you for this team. I thank you for the people in this room. I thank you for all of our kiddos downstairs and the team that's serving them. And Lord, I just pray that this week they would all know, we would all know that we are blessed by you to be a blessing to those around us. We pray all of these things in your name. Amen. You guys are good to go. Thank you for worshiping with us.